and welcome to another episode of Emotions and Potions. A love slash hate letter to with your hosts, Ashton and Alex. Hi, welcome. It's been a minute. Took a little hiatus. An impromptu break. <laughs> but we're back, better than ever, bringing you um a book. <laughs> <laughs> we are bringing you a book um, <laughs> called Descent. This was a listener request. Um, this is book seven of the Heaven and Hell anthology series, which is a dark billionaire romance. It's like each book is done by a different author or pairing of authors. And this is the seventh one. And it's Descent by Sam Mariano. And it's a ride. That it is. <laughs> Some content trigger warnings that you will definitely come across in Descent. <laughs> they include... Graphic sexual content, including rape and sexual assault, stalking, kidnapping, confinement, drugging, blackmail, graphic violence, murder, pregnancy, infidelity, toxic friendship, and relationships. Yikes. Yeah. It's a lot. Mm -hmm. And like all together. A lot. It's, yeah. That's, uh, there's no other way I could really... Say it that it's just we're not sugarcoating it. So should we get into this back of the book synopsis? Yes, yes. What what are we going to be talking about today, Alex? Calvin will do anything for me, except let me go. We were strangers as far as I knew. He saw me once, but didn't introduce himself like he could have. Calvin Cutler, nice to meet you. But there's nothing nice about Calvin Cutler. He's ruthless and single-minded, and he zeroed in on me, a hapless target for his dark and twisted appetites. In the depths of hell, I first looked into his sinful brown eyes, felt the greedy touch of his demanding hands for the first time. Not the last time, though. He wanted more. So much more. He wanted me, whether I wanted him or not. Warning! Descent is a standalone dark romance with an unrepented bad guy hero. This book is intended for an adult audience only and contains subject matter such as non-consent some may find triggering. And I did. Yeah, so I kind of have a problem with that synopsis because that synopsis does not sound that bad. No. Like, that just sounds like a dark romance that we're very used to reading. Mm-hmm. Um, but this definitely was... I think it downplays the non-consent piece. Yes. Because the non-consent is literally rape. Yeah. In this book. Yeah. It's not like consensual non-consent or dub con. It is rape. Full out, yeah. So, I mean, the synopsis is good because it is, I could see it pulling people in. And it pulled us in. Yeah. And then you start reading and you're kind of like, yikes. It's not where I thought it was going. No. Now, having read the book and kind of re-looking at this synopsis, I'm like, oh, I, I can... I can, like, pick out things. Where I'm, I'm like, like oh, all right, yeah, that is on track, but dialed down, like, 80 notches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But all right. So we've kind of broke down the synopsis. We've given you some trigger content warnings. Obviously, if this doesn't sound like a book that you're interested in listening about, stop now or go and skip towards our more fun. Or you know what? I do suggest listening to our plot synopsis because I think it's what we're about to do is better than what we actually read. Yeah, 
For sure. Maybe. It's going to be a lot less intense, I think. <laughs> Hopefully. You let us know. Huh. You be the judge. <laughs> but Alex, what potion have you concocted for this week? Um, it's very simple. Okay. Um, consent is tea. <laughs> Clever. Thank I you. like that. Because um, consent was needed in this. And it was missing. Yeah. Heavily. <laughs> but there was a nice part where, um, you know, someone makes our heroine some tea. It was like one of the few nice things that happened. <laughs> so what kind of tea is this? We got some Earl Grey with some cream and a little bit of sweetness for you, my sweet. Okay, so very, we are going basic, there but there's be, nothing there wrong be. with that. So yeah. Okay, well, I like that. Consent is tea. Consent is tea. And don't microwave your water when you make tea. You got to use a kettle. I mean, or at least like. Or a pan on a the pan, stove. Yeah. But like microwave water? No, that's just blasphemy to tea. All righty. Let's start this freaking journey. Uh, do we have to? <laughs> that's what we're here for. All righty. Hallie is out bar hopping in New York City for her best friend Charity's bachelorette party when she receives multiple calls and texts from her really shitty ex-boyfriend Jackson. First, it seems like he's trying to get a booty call out of Hallie. Then the messages turn to him being in trouble and needing her to bail him out. When trying to get more info out of Jackson about what kind of trouble he's in, a mysterious voice comes on the line and demands for Hallie to get into a car that is being arranged to take her to the meeting point. This anonymous voice won't provide any additional information until Hallie shows up at said location. Not sketchy at all. Red flags. I would say, you know what? Fuck this dude. A driver, Harris, takes Hallie to a BDSM club called Purgatory and is taken to the hell level to meet the mysterious caller, Calvin Cutler, who is Jackson's boss. Calvin met Hallie at his company's Christmas party she attended as Jackson's date, and he has been obsessed with her ever since. Also, unfortunately for Hallie, Calvin's sexual desires run on the darker side of extreme kinks, and he is no longer enjoying consenting sex. Since he has been obsessing over Hallie, he is ready to relieve himself of his desire for her by taking her willing or not. He would prefer not willing, and the fear does something for him. Gross. Hallie, being in a dungeon sex room, is terrified and trying to get information out of Calvin, who just wants to continue this cat and mouse game he has going on with Hallie. He tries to get her to sign an NDA before he can play with her, but at the end of the day, he will take what he wants regardless if Hallie agrees or not, and there will be no consequences for him with how rich and nefarious he is. Hallie tries to escape the dungeon, but sadly, there is no escape for her. And worse, Calvin rapes her. Afterwards, he tries to pay her for her services, which Hallie refuses, and he asks to see her again. Like this was a fucking date? <laughs> and he has Hollis take her home. The next day, it is Charity's wedding. And as the maid of honor, Hallie does her best to put the previous evening behind her and enjoy the day as much as she can. While getting ready with Charity and the other bridesmaids, Hallie's wedding jewelry has been swapped with more expensive ones, which she chalks up to as like a maid of honor gift. When in reality, Calvin has purchased the expensive jewels and had them switched out. Not only did he do this, but he is now attending Charity's wedding to see Hallie again and to get her to go on a date with him. The audacity. I like forgot how bad this was. <laughs> 
When Hallie sees Calvin in attendance, she panics and does her best to avoid him and put on a brave face when having to be confronted with her rapist the day after being raped. Calvin manages an introduction to Hallie at the reception and kisses Hallie's hand, and she runs off to the bathroom in fear, as she should. Thankfully, Hallie's half-sister, Georgia, is at the wedding and could tell something is off with Hallie and does the best that she can to provide comfort to Hallie without knowing the whole story. After Hallie leaves the bathroom, she doesn't see Calvin for a bit until he reapproaches her at the bridal party table and informs her that she will join him for dinner the next night. Calvin will not take no for an answer as he never accepts answers he doesn't like. Hallie eventually agrees, more so for him to leave her alone than anything, but she has no intention of showing up for this date. The next day, time for dinner has come and gone, so Hallie did not show up to the restaurant as she planned, but what she did not account for is Calvin being a man of his word about not taking unacceptable answers, and he has left a gift at Hallie's door, which is a dress with a note stating their dinner has been rescheduled to the next night, and will now be at his penthouse and Hollis will be driving her to him. The following day, Hallie goes to some meetings and when she returns home, her cat Marie is missing and she gets a call from Calvin stating he found her cat, blackmailing her into ensuring she has dinner with him that evening. How dare you take the fucking cat? At the dinner, sure, Hallie is impressed by Calvin's rich and fabulous lifestyle, is still very wary of his psychopath who has raped her and stolen her cat. During the dinner, which is prepared by a private chef to the criminally insane, Ryan, Hallie's wine is drugged, so for the dessert portion, Hallie is the unconsenting dessert. Later that evening, she strikes a deal with the devil. She is to go on another date with Calvin and resigns herself to knowing she is his to use until he is done with her. And there will be punishments for her lack of cooperation. What got me about the drugging is also Calvin's like, I never lie. I'm not a liar. And I'll never drug you. And then that's exactly what he did. And, and I'm like, like, I lied because you lied to me. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, this dude's the worst. <laughs> like, why are we having these petty games? Sir? Because he can. I hate it. The morning after the forced dinner, Hallie returns to her apartment with Marie to find that Calvin has had her faulty door replaced with new locks, and she assumes he now has a key to her place. Correct assumption. But what she doesn't realize is he also has had multiple cameras put in her apartment as well so he can keep an eye on her and further stalk her. He also has hired someone to dig up information on her and those she is close to to use as potential blackmail to keep her close. So fun. So fun. So thoughtful and caring and loving. The beginning of any great relationship. For what Hallie hopes is her final day with Calvin, he has rented out the Met, giving them a private experience of Hallie's favorite Egyptian art exhibit and private dinner. While going through an Egyptian temple, Calvin non-consensually fucks her against the temple, which could have been a great sex scene if there was this thing called consent, which is still missing at this point. Remember, consent is tea. <laughs> Calvin does take Callie home after their met date. When Callie wakes up the next day thinking she's finally rid of Calvin, she is oh so wrong. She is greeted by Chef Ryan making her breakfast and prepping upcoming meals for her and more gifts from Calvin. Once he leaves, she packs up all Calvin's gifts, 
hires a locksmith to change locks on her new door, which Calvin intercepts this like request and has one of his men, Arson, change the lock so he still has the copy of her key. And Charity calls, setting Hallie up to go on a date. This poor girl. Oh, so I feel so bad for Hallie. Calvin leaves a note for Hallie because, of course, he knows about her date due to his stalking slash spying, insisting she meet him instead of this other guy. However, Charity isn't letting Hallie bail on the date, and you know Hallie doesn't want to see Calvin. Even though when Hallie describes her perfect man, she's basically describing Calvin, but with how their relationship, quotations, started, she doesn't make that connection rightfully so. Hallie goes on the date with Lance, who is a douche finance bro, and the date totally sucks. Like, this girl just can't catch a break. Hallie is kind of thinking about Calvin the entire time, which, yikes. When the bad date ends, Hallie starts to have a panic attack, and then her and Lance get mugged by Arson, who was sent there by Calvin. Arson shoots Lance's kneecaps and kidnaps Hallie to take her to Calvin. Arson returns Hallie to Calvin's penthouse. He and Marie are there to greet her. Hallie is pissed about the situation, which is about to get worse. Calvin busts out some blackmail information on Charity. She cheated on her fiancé, now husband, the night of the bachelorette party. Calvin has all the evidence of this and will leak it to Tyler, Charity's husband, if she doesn't agree to be his. Oh, and she will now be living with him since she can't be trusted. To protect her friend, Hallie complies and hopes Calvin will tire of her quickly. Hallie is working on her illustrations for a children's book, from Calvin's home and is intentionally trying to make as much of a mess as possible to annoy him. I did love this, that she just trashes his penthouse. Yeah. <laughs> so fun. Unfortunately, though, that doesn't work. Yeah, he couldn't care less, really. He's like, He's like oh, you didn't like the stuff? We could get new things. You could have just told me. You didn't have to ruin it. Psychopath. <laughs> Nothing phases this man. Later that night... Hallie does get punished for her bratty behavior earlier by not being given clothes to sleep in and told she can choose her punishment with either Calvin's hand or this like medieval torture looking device. And like what he describes that he would do to her when she's like attached to this thing. It, it feels like it would kill you. It sounded like a torture device. It, it did not like. Yeah. <laughs> it, it felt like it would literally split you open through your vagina. And he would he was just like, and I won't stop. Like, you will be begging me to stop and I will not. And then I will fuck you when you're already like super sore and I don't I don't I don't I won't give a fuck. So or I can just spank give you. you some spanks. <laughs> so guess what? Hallie chooses spanking. Smart girl. <laughs> After the punishment, they establish some rules of engagement for this captivity and place the labels of boyfriend and girlfriend on things. Sure. In what world? In, in what world? In this one, apparently. Calvin is planning another date for Hallie. He is taking her to the theater, another activity she enjoys, and sending her another outfit to wear. While getting dressed, she wants to send some cheeky pictures to Calvin, but can't since he controls her phone time. So she convinces Hollis to assist in the photo shoot. Calvin enjoyed the pictures he got, 
The two have a nice dinner and walk to the theater, and Hallie opens up to Calvin about her childhood and why she loves New York City, and Calvin opens up about his childhood, his upbringing, and how he hates his father. This lovely date leads to their first consensual sexy time. Yay. Yeah, you you heard that right. This is the first consensual (laughs) sex scene. (laughs) A week has gone by, and over dinner, Calvin states how going forward, he wants Hallie to cut her workload down by half, as he is supporting her now. Plus, this will give her time to work on her own stories. Hallie puts up a bit of a fight about this because she wants to be able to support herself once this arrangement ends. So Calvin agrees to pay her $100,000 for every year they are together, plus a $14,000 monthly allowance on his credit card. I mean, that's a pretty sweet deal. Minus the captivity and, you know, um, raping. It just also sucks, though, that, like, Calvin is hot as well. And that, like, Callie was attracted to him from the get, physically. Yeah. And he's super rich and, like, will literally give her whatever she wants. But I just still can't get over everything else. Like, those things are great. But, like, the way this, like, started out, so not great. I I still, like, even when they get to a point where, like, they're good, like, kind of now they're, like, getting on some, like, mutual ground, kind of understanding the lay of the land. But, like, as a reader, I still was, like, I don't like it. No. This is not a relationship. (laughs) No. This is still like Stockholm. Like this is Stockholm syndrome. This is somebody who has a lot more power than someone else mm-hmm. controlling them. I'm just like, I can't. Like, are we supposed to, as readers, be rooting for this couple? I believe we are. I just, I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> so Charity has finally found out about Hallie's relationship with Calvin via a social media post from the night at the theater. They haven't chatted much due to Hallie being a captive and trying to protect her friend. They do manage to arrange a catch-up lunch, though. Hallie and Calvin have a shower together, and when it starts to turn sexual, Hallie gets sick. Calvin requests her to take a pregnancy test, as they have not been having protected sex this whole time. And she's not on birth control. Yeah, and this is a part um, of Calvin has kind of been wanting to impregnate Hallie, to keep her tied to him further. Excuse me? In what world is this okay? (laughs) Apparently in this one. And guess what? That test comes back positive. Calvin is over the moon excited about this news, and Hallie is terrified. Rightfully so. Hallie meets with Charity for lunch, and Charity wants all the deets about Hallie's new man. She tries to be as vague as possible and hide the pregnancy news from her friend, The captive cover not being blown and the lunch going well, the girls have a shopping trip after lunch. Hallie is wondering if a rapist can be a good father. This leads to her doing some social media stalking on someone from her hometown who has a child, and she wants to see what he's up to now and try to see if he's a good father or not. This mystery man from the past, there's like no evidence of a child that he had with a former partner. But they are pictures of him with his current partner and her children, which paints a happy family picture. But, you know, social media is a lie. This causes further conflict for Hallie and her situation. 
Calvin returns home and wants to know Hallie's ring size as he's going to buy her a ring because he's decided they're getting married. Like, this just gets worse and worse. Like, uh. And all I can think about, Alex, is you read this before me and, like, you finished it before I probably even started it. Uh And you were like, the second half's a lot better. And as I was reading, I'm like, bitch, where? Okay. (laughs) Bitch, where is this better? To my defense, I've been reading some fucked up shit lately. Yes, you have. But, like... Even so, I was like, this bitch delusional. <laughs> what is she thinking? I was, and I kind of blame the reading spiral of like horror erotica that I fell into. Um, but you know what? Let's let's not critique um, my lapses of judgment <laughs> for a while, okay? Everyone has them. <laughs> but yeah, this just like just keeps just piling on just more bad things. (laughs) Everything is changing so quickly and Hallie is getting overwhelmed that she agrees to the marriage, a honeymoon in the Maldives and meeting each other's parents. She's just kind of like, yeah, sure, whatever. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like at this point, she's just realized there's no beating him. So she might as well join him because she could potentially have an okay, happy life. Yeah. And so she's just kind of like, you know what? These are the cards that were dealt to me. We're going to roll with it. It is what it is. Let's at least thrive in this environment. Which, I mean, you know. Fair play. If you got to survive, you might as well do it comfortably than being like an actual hostage. Yeah, why not have a honeymoon in the Maldives? Yeah, why not let your billionaire boyfriend, husband, whatever, buy you everything that you ever want? Numb the pain, girl. (laughs) (laughs) While having bedtime chats, Hallie tells Calvin about the house she grew up in and about her mother's, like, slimy landlord, and Calvin offers to buy her mom's house and give her the deed. That's nice. Dot, dot, dot. (laughs) (laughs) Calvin then tells Hallie a story about Mono Lake, California, which has a toxic lake, and the only creature that lives there is a specific type of fly that learned to adapt to the toxic environment and brought life to the lake. Hallie is slightly moved by this story as Calvin is the lake and she is the fly. How are you moved by this? (laughs) I would be like, you're crazy, but okay. She was though. (laughs) Hallie lets Calvin know if he just asked her out like a normal person, she would have said yes. He didn't need to pull this psycho crap. But that's the whole thing. He wanted to rape her. Yeah. He wanted to do that. He thought he could do that and, like, be over her. And then, yeah, or, like, mend the relationship enough where they could be normal? Question mark? So, like, he's definitely delusional. (laughs) For sure. Well, on the way to Hallie's mother's house, Hallie tells Calvin about a past boyfriend that cheated on her, and she gets reassurance from Calvin that he would never cheat. Then they pass a house that makes Hallie have a panic attack. And we learn that this house, which is a few doors down from her mother's, belongs to a different man from Hallie's past, the one that she was kind of cyber-stalking. And he raped her. Yeah, Calvin was not her first. Yeah. Calvin comforts Hallie and helps her through her panic attack and reassures her that he will take care of him. Meeting Hallie's mother goes well. There was an initial shock 
with their introductions and like the blurting of Hallie's pregnancy. And but, a huge rock on her finger. Yeah. It just they didn't do it very well. <laughs> nope. But you know what? Hallie's mom approves of Calvin. While they travel home, Hallie begins drawing as she's inspired and starts to work on her own story. And the artwork she's working on is a fly. On this ride, Hallie learns that Calvin has two phones and starts to get more information about his business dealings and how shady and illegal they are and exactly how rich he is. When it's time to meet Calvin's parents, Hallie immediately falls in love with his mother but is very put off by Calvin's father. She is aware of the animosity between Calvin and his dad, but witnessing it firsthand is very different. When Calvin ruined his father's business, he lost everything, and the house his parents currently live in, Calvin actually owns. It's like the biggest fuck you. Like, not only did I take over, like, your company. He, like, sunk it to the ground intentionally by, like, starting, like, a rival. A rival. Becoming a rival. To his CEO, dad. whatever. And then they lost everything. And then he's like, oh, but I'll buy you a bigger, nicer house that you guys can live in. Because I can I can, and you can't. And so his dad is forced to live in this house that he doesn't own. Yep. From the son who stole everything from him financially. <laughs> yep. He did that. But Calvin's dad is just as fucking manipulative and controlling and pr- maybe like shittier in some areas mm-hmm. towards like his mom yeah so like he kind of deserved it he does and it is very funny because like calvin and his father are quite similar and it's ironic and hypocritical that calvin can't see this oh yeah yeah because it's like hun you're doing the exact same thing your dad did low-key yeah and he gets very mad when hallie brings that up yikes yeah Well, guess what? Now it's time for Calvin and Hallie's engagement party. Hallie has invited Charity, her best friend, who is also a prosecutor. And Calvin has invited his business associates. And they are all a part of, like, organized crime and other illegal activities. Yeah. So this gathering causes Charity to go off on Hallie and worry about who she's with. And she starts plotting ways to break them up. Charity starts digging up dirt on Calvin to present to Hallie. This digging, though, could possibly cause Charity more harm and get her killed, not by Calvin, even though he would rather her be out of the picture in a permanent capacity, um, but by some of his business associates. Charity has uncovered that Calvin had Jackson killed. He per- Remember Jackson? Yeah. <laughs> the guy who pretty much tricked Hallie into coming and rescuing him? Yeah. He's he's dead. He dead. Like a like an a, an overdose. It was, you know, he he partied. Cocaine overdose. It happens. It does. Um but you know Calvin orchestrated it, so that was murder. He also purchased Hallie's mother's house prior to what she thinks he did to have an additional token of leverage against Hallie if his first blackmail plan didn't work out. Her first boyfriend, the one that cheated, um, Calvin got him arrested on drug possession charges with the intent to distribute. And he killed Mark, the other man that raped Hallie, and had his house burned down, making his death look like a suicide. Charity brings 
all this information to Hallie, trying to convince her to leave him. But Hallie sticks up for Calvin on a lot of the things. And then, you know, she actually goes to Calvin and wants him to explain it. That's batshit crazy. Calvin does own up to his doings and justifies his actions. And instead of being fully terrified of this man, Hallie is shocked and overwhelmed by the lengths that Calvin will go to protect and avenge her. I think the only one that she kind of was like hesitant about being okay with was the Mark one because he had kids and she kind of felt bad. And he was like, well, none of the kids were injured. Like he was like, I made sure they weren't involved. And then he's like, wouldn't they be better off without him anyway? And she's probably, I think then she's kind of like, uh, you're right. Yeah. Okay. He was a bad guy. He deserved it. I'll get over it. (laughs) He then informs Hallie that he's going to need to have a chat with Charity to put an end to her meddling before she gets herself killed. He orchestrates a lunch with Charity. She thinks she's meeting with Hallie, but she's going to be meeting with Calvin instead. He lays down the law to Charity, who has been controlling and using Hallie for years. Charity and Calvin are also quite similar people. Calvin has another blackmail file on Charity, one showing that she slept with Hallie's ex, Jackson, while they were together. Yikes. Not what a best friend should be doing. He also calls her out on being an alcoholic and that she needs to get herself into treatment if she wishes to continue to be in Hallie's life. I kind of didn't hate that. No, that was actually kind of nice. That was like, you know what? That has some decent intention behind it. Yeah. Because she also makes all these bad decisions when she's drinking. Mm -hmm. So he's like, obviously the drinking's got to go. Yeah. Charity and Calvin come to an understanding. And Calvin is the victor in this showdown. When Calvin returns home to Hallie, they exchange I love yous. And they're both looking forward to being married. Then we skip to the epilogue, which is some years later. Hallie had a daughter with Calvin. They moved to his Connecticut estate with his mother. They are very much in love and in a consensual relationship. His dad died, right? He had like a stroke or a heart attack. Yeah. Like sometime in Mm -hmm. the past or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Hallie finally created her own children's story inspired by the toxic lake fly. Calvin is a wonderful father to his daughter. And Hallie may even be pregnant with another child that she hopes is a boy. The little dove and the handsome lunatic live happily ever after. The end. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. That book was rough. It was like, it's well written. Yes. It's not hard to get through like that. It's just the content in it. I'm just like, there's no, he has no, like there's just no, okay. How about we just (laughs) jump into our loves and our hates? Because I feel like we both have a lot to get off of our chests. This is like a healing process for both of us. Yeah. So do you want to start with loves or hates? Do you need to, do, you, do we need to get some more angst no, out before? let's do loves first because I have a lot more hates. Okay. Okay. So my first love, I, I actually did like that the blackmail that Calvin kind of dug up to use on Hallie wasn't on her herself because Hallie's portrayed as this like very innocent, goody good She would do no wrong. And so I'm glad that the blackmail included charity or involved charity. 
Yeah. It, like, it just stuck with the theme that the author kind of painted Hallie as being. Mm-hmm. And then Charity kind of gave me the, the impression that she's like wild child, probably like gets herself into some sticky situations. She's the female version of Calvin. 1,000%. I mean, you can even tell with their very minimum interactions in this book, you can tell that like Hallie is a very submissive person and like Charity walks all over her. Yeah. Kind of like Calvin does. But at the same time, like, Hallie likes that. Like, that's the type of people that she attracts. And cares for. And cares for, which questionable. But I did like that the blackmail, none of it ever involved actually, like, Hallie as a character. Mm -hmm. I did love how Calvin called Charity out for her shitty behavior and made her go to recovery. Yes. That was nice. Yes, I did like that. That was, like, maybe his one... (laughs) redeeming moment of like goodness i got another one redeeming quality yeah besides him buying her shit yeah oh uh, what that he supported and encouraged her dream to write her own children's book and like the william the hippo bookend purchase was really really sweet yeah but he also forced her to stop her day job and like yes with her not working that day job she was able to focus more on her art but like how it how he went about it i didn't like no um the intent good execution shit yeah overall i i do feel like i liked hallie i felt bad for her through a lot of this book like after listening to the recap she does try her best to get away from calvin and kind of like getting back at her in her own way it's just that he's kind of like an impossible component to beat yeah the power dynamic is completely skewed so there is no winning for her yeah but like she tries like i like when she trashes the penthouse i like when she sends him like the sexy pictures for like trying to manipulate him into letting her use her phone i like that she stood him up on their first date even though there were consequences that followed like i like that she showed some backbone yeah she tried and she did try and then it just got to the point where you have to kind of be like, is it worth it? And like he kept telling her throughout this book, you you have the power of how this dynamic is. You have the power of this being a captor, captive situation or a romantic relationship. He's like, I will give you the fucking world if you like reciprocate Play by my feelings. Rules. Yeah. Or I can lock you up and you will never see the light of day. And I will still have my way with you and nothing will change. Yeah. So just figure out how enjoyable and comfortable you'd like to be. Yeah. I did enjoy the Met date and the theater date. Yeah. I mean, he took her to places that she actually likes. I mean, if we could add consent into the Met date. Yeah. Because that sex scene was actually like really good. Minus the fact that he like still forced himself on Hallie and like Hallie wasn't totally into it at that point. But if we added the element of consent, it would have been really, really hot. Like, yeah. really hot. Yeah, it would have been a good sex scene. My last love that I have is I did, I actually was, like, okay with Calvin getting rid of all the people who did Hallie wrong. Yeah. Like, I didn't feel bad that he killed and, like, incarcerated some people. Enjoy the touch her and die, do her wrong, and you die. Yeah. Like, in real life, no. I would not love that if that was real. But, like, in this book... The loves were slim picking. I had to choose something. So 
<laughs> I didn't hate that. <laughs> My last love. I loved Arson and I loved the cat, Marie. Yeah, the cat was great. Arson was a interesting character. I enjoyed him. Yeah, he kind of brought almost like some comic relief without it being like straight up comic relief. Yeah. Like he gives me like funny thug vibes. Yes. Type of thing. I enjoyed him. So should we move right into our hates? Well, I got two things that aren't loves or hates. They're kind of like wishes sort of thing. All right, let's hear them. So I think this book would have been better as a novella. Since it only, like, focused on the relationship, there was no other plot stuff happening. And this book was kind of long. Yeah. Like, this was over, like, 470 pages. I think it would have been better as a novella. Yeah. And I think I could have actually enjoyed it. If it was shorter, more to the point. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you there. And I think it would have been less jarring with the non-consent stuff if it was shorter. And then I wanted more storyline with Georgia, the half Yeah, because she was a... I liked her in that very brief chapter that she was involved with at the wedding. Yeah. Like, she seemed real sweet, and it seemed like they had a good relationship. And then if it was going to be a full feature book that it was, um, I think it needed some storyline outside of Calvin and Hallie's relationship. Yeah, that kind of is moving into my first hate, is there was no plot outside of Calvin forcing Hallie into this relationship and kind of just their progression of this forced relationship. Like I was just waiting for something else to be introduced into this, into the book. And it just like, it never happened. Or like, even if like there was a storyline brought in with like his shady business dealings that kind of almost made him have to like kidnap her and force her into this for, like, her protection or something, maybe I could have bought into the romance more. Yeah, but there's no... There was nothing of that. It was that he just wanted to force himself on her because he she caught his eye at the party. Yeah. And, yeah, like, 477, I think that's how, mu- how long it was. It, like, that's just too many pages to really have no actual plot outside of the relationship, yeah. in my opinion. And I agree with that. Um, I hated the non-consent and how much of it there was. Oh, yeah. And then, like, all of the sex scenes. Like, I hated all of the sex scenes because as soon as it gets kind of consensual, the sex scenes turn to, like, fade to black or they're very vague and very quick. Yeah, you get one slightly satisfying consensual scene. But it's, like, the beginning of the book is so heavy with, like, these rape scenes. And then by the end of the book, all of their, like, sexual encounters are all just like, oh, it's hinted at. Or it's very like, yeah, he fucked me in the shower and it was fantastic. And I was like, no. But I, I would have liked to have read that because um, I would like to see you enjoying it. Yeah, I'm like, I didn't like all of the non-consent. Like, where's my reward for getting through the non-consent? Um, I hated Calvin not giving Hallie clothes as a punishment and the torture device thing. Which then in the epilogue we get that she's actually, like, used it in their consenting relationship. And I'm like, ma'am, how? I'm glad that we didn't actually get that scene, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't Like, I'm good on that. Um, Kind of going back to, like, what you said about Calvin, I didn't like him as a leading man, and I love morally gray characters, but, like, he was too controlling and really had no saving qualities besides him constantly giving her gifts 
and like large sums of money for like allowances. And like towards the end, he is treating her relatively nice. Like he is loving, I guess, as much as a psychopath like him could love someone. But I just like I never reached a point where I was like, you know what? I forgive him for act one. Yeah. Like no. I never. And and I I like a villain. I like a villain yeah, getting the same. girl. But like this was but there there wasn't the redemption didn't really hit the mark like it should have. Yeah, and I feel like we as readers, because like both Alex and I, we like a dark romance. We like And I will read some fucked up shit. Right. And like we like like we've read a lot of consent, non-consent, but that is very different than rape scenes. Yeah. Which was what this book entailed. And I just like I think we were talking about it. It was like I kind of found my line. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I don't want to read books like this that involve rape, because I'm never gonna get on board if there's no redeeming arcs. And in my eyes, this book didn't really have any redeeming arcs that I like could get on board with. It tried, but it failed. I just kept going back to the fact that he did not give Hallie a choice. Any choice. And see, that's, I think, a difference with a lot of the romance that we read. Like, if a girl gets kidnapped and then, like, normally the captor lets them go. And, and there's then they some sort of period of time without them being, being the captive. Right. And then she comes back or, like, their paths cross and then it's different. There was, like, he never let her go. No. So it's very different. It's just, I'm, I'm not a fan. And then I did hate... Calvin not being able to see the similarities between himself and his father and the parallels with his relationship with Hallie and his father's relationship with his mother. Yeah, he was blinded to that. Almost hypocritically. Yeah, and I feel like if he could have seen that, then maybe that's where he could have done the shift and let her go and then allow her to choose him. And then I could have been on more on board. Yeah, I think I would have gone from, like, zero to maybe, like, 50% being, like, okay, it's kind of redeeming. Mm -hmm. But there wasn't any of that. No. And my last hate, and it's a strong one, the bitch never got plan B. Yeah. She never took precautions for herself to make it so she didn't get pregnant. Because we find out that she gets pregnant at the Met. So the second time that they have sex... She gets pregnant, and at this point, there was no there. There was there was more sex in between that. I think this was still when they were like under that contract of like the three day rule. Yeah, like it was very early, and at this point too, she wasn't being held captive against him. So like she could have easily gone to a CVS or a pharmacy and gotten it, knowing that one she wasn't on birth control, and two. She he knew he was finishing in her without yeah, he, a condom. He wasn't wearing a condom. She does bring this up in a conversation with him. It's at like 75%. Yeah. It's so it's late right in the bef- book. It's right before she finds, she finds out. out and they've had a lot of sex at and that And at this point, point she's like, she's already living with him and everything. And then she like, you know, her reaction to finding out she's pregnant. I'm like, what the fuck did you think, think was going to happen, ma'am? <laughs> like, what did you think? You weren't protecting yourself. And I just, like, I couldn't. I was just like, oh, my God. This could have been so avoidable. But, you know, even if she probably did get the pill, he probably would have, like, forced her to throw it up or something. Yeah. He was that psycho. Or he would have been like, you're 
banned from doing that again. Yeah. Like, I don't know if he would be quick enough, like, to completely stop it if she took it or whatever. Or he just but would like, have had sex with her again afterwards. Yeah, but still, like, it, she didn't even try. I think that's kind of my, like, the, she didn't even try. Yeah. You wanted some effort other than the half-assed conversation. And especially because it's, like, her rapist. Like, that would be my first thing that I would do if I wasn't going to come forward and, like, report the crime. Because he yeah. pretty much told her. He's like, you can go ahead. Ain't nothing going to happen to me, though. Yeah. You can, you can, I mean, he's like, I got people in the police. <laughs> he's like, this will go nowhere. Yeah. And it's just going to make things worse for you because I'm going to make it worse for you if you do that. Yeah. So, like, she obviously wasn't reporting. She wasn't going to report it. But, like, ah. All right. So, let's move on to the funner <laughs> portions of our podcast. Which let's include some happy. So, for this book, we casted Hallie, Calvin, Charity, and Hollis. So, would you want to start off with your Hallie? My Hallie is Amanda Seyfried. Ooh, that's a good one. He's yours. Mine is Hayden Panettiere. Also a good pick. I liked her as this. Like, I could see her in something like this. What about your Calvin? Who is your big, bad, non-hero <laughs> lead? <laughs> My Calvin is Luke Bracey. He's handsome. Okay. My Calvin is Matt Bomber. Mm. I mean, I that feel is like a handsome man. I know, and I just feel like for some reason I feel like he could really hone I don't want to see him doing this though. <laughs> Me neither. Me neither. But like aesthetically and like his acting, I think he could do good. What about your charity? The bestie. Olivia Wilde. Ooh, good one. That's a good one. I went Naya Rivera. R.I.P. Yes. If she was still with us. With us. But like, I could see her based on, like, some of the characters that she's portrayed in the past. Mm -hmm. Like, I could see her doing a really good charity. And lastly, Hollis, the little bodyguard driver. Who did you cast? Carlos Pena Vega. Yeah, from Big Time Rush? Yeah. Love that. Okay. I could see that. I went Shamar Moore. I Be just still was, my heart with that man. <laughs> I know, right? I was just thinking that, like, Hollis was described as, like, big, bulky, and bald. So I was like, okay, who's a big, bulky, and bald? <laughs> Shamar Moore. <laughs> and he was the first person that came to mind. I was like, you know what? I'm going to run with it. Yeah. See, for some reason, Hollis gave me, like, a little bit, like, younger vibes, especially with how he kind of gets a little scared with, like, Hallie. Like, hitting on him, kind of. Or not yeah. even hitting on him, but just giving him a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but I like, I like yours. I like your pick as well. So make sure if you want to check out those visuals, head over to our Instagram, Emotions and Potions Pod. You can see our casting and all the other good stuff on our Instagram. Yeah. Now let's sound check this beat. Six. All right, Alex, give it to me. All right. So a song to just sum up this book. Okay. Super Psycho Love, Simon Curtis. Yeah, enough said. <laughs> enough said. So I have like the overall control thing of theme of this book. And, like, Calvin not letting Hallie go. And that is Never Let You Go by Role Model. Sums that up quite well. Yeah. All right. So I got a song for Hallie telling Calvin to leave her alone and his rebuttal. Ooh, okay. Like it is. Kygo, Zara Larson, and Tyga. Nice. I like that. 
my next category is Hallie's overall theme song throughout most of the book, which is Bad Dream by Ruel. And it's like her life is now like a bad dream. Like she's she's like, am I awake? Like she even like I think has that like inner monologue of is this real life? Like poor girl. Valid. (laughs) All right. My next one is Hallie feeling trapped and like trying to get Calvin to let her go. I'll never let you go. You're pretty. I like that. That's good. That, that's good. So my next category is Calvin's delusional theme song about getting Hallie. I will possess your heart by Muse. Oh, yes. Like when you, when I saw that, you added that to the playlist. Mm-hmm. One, I think that's a great, like I love that song. It's a great song. It's such a great song. Like I really do like that song. But as I was listening to the lyrics, I was like, holy shit. It kind of took on a new meaning, didn't it? Yes. And I kind of was like, was this, like, was this book (laughs) solely written, like, based on this song? It was insane. So I was like, I have to include it in our songs. (laughs) (laughs) It is funny, like, making these playlists, how I start to think about songs differently when I'm, like, connecting them to plots. Yeah. So I got a song uh, for Hallie and like her progression through the book. Okay. I am a slave for you, Britney Spears. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's a great song too. Like Britney is so great. But yeah, that song in this like context. Yeah. 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 So my next song category is Hallie's dating history theme song, which is honestly, I'm disappointed by Kate Gran. Same. I am disappointed for her. Yeah, she does not have the best dating history. And it's Charity's fault. And it's a lot of Charity's fault. I would ban her from hooking me up with any people because, like, that wasn't the, like, that Lance dude was not the first shitty setup. No. Like, Charity's requirement for setting Hallie up is, like, are they rich? Yes. Okay, you're going on a date. That's it. Yeah. No substance. My next song is Calvin's Delusional Vision. Ooh, okay. Happy Together by Filter. That's a great song too. And my last category, I decided to do one that was like a little bit like less <laughs> depressing. <laughs> and it's the a millionaire theme song just because he was throwing out his dollar bills Left, throughout right, this. and center. And that's Bake Account by 21 Savage. Yep. And then also it like talks about like gunning them down. And I'm just like, he does. <laughs> he does. He, he might not be the actual one killing them, but like he does. Like he's got. He's got he's people got, for that. He's got mills in the, in the bank. And then he's also, you know, taking people out. <laughs> <laughs> so my last one, kind of a funny one. Okay. Um, the Calvin wanting Hallie to get pregnant thing. Oh, okay. baby by me. 50 cent. Oh, and Neo. God. I'm glad we ended our song playlist on like a slightly funny note. Yeah, and we got all the heavy ones out of them. So if you want to listen to the full playlist, the playlist is actually really good. Yeah. Um, head over to our Spotify, Emotions and Potions Pod. I highly recommend the playlist. Yeah, even if you don't read the book, the playlist is banging. It is. All right, on to our last portion of the episode. Let's rate this. I'm curious as to your overall ranking. Okay, since I have scrubbed my brain of, like, the dark hole that I was in with reading, 
and added some <laughs> and like read some more and more positive, uplifting books, and then like you know went back and did this whole plot synopsis thing. I have changed my rating. So what was it originally? Originally, I probably would have given it an eight out of ten. Damn. Okay, but remember, okay, I, know, I was I reading some fucked up shit, like horror. Okay, so what do you give it now? Now I give it a six. Okay, and that's what I gave it. And I, honestly, that's generous. I probably could have given this book lower rating. Like, rating. It wasn't badly written, though. No, but did I enjoy reading it at all? No. Do I have any intention of reading the rest of the series? No. <laughs> Would I recommend this book to anyone? Maybe. No. Maybe. No. Maybe. No. <laughs> No, I would maybe if as like a torture, if I recommended a book to my enemy, I'd say, yeah, read this book. It's good. Okay. If you I, like it. If I knew people like some of the other things I read, I would been I would recommend. But there's things I read that you will never touch. No. Absolutely. Like eight days for salvation. Yeah, no. Because I think I read this like right after reading that, and this was like a relief in comparison. Yes. All right, what did you rate the spice? I mean, it is a four out of five, I think. That's what I had, too. Because the, the triggers of the sex scenes, I feel like, are pretty high. And, I mean, they are explicit sex scenes. Um, Until you're about 70% in, and then they are non-existent. But the beginning ones are. Yeah, and yeah. there is different things that get used and done. And are they enjoyable? No. Is it Is spicy? It spicy? Yes. yes. Yeah. I agree. So we're in agreement. Overall, 6 out of 10 and spice, 4 out of 5. I would want to read more from this author as long as consent is always in <laughs> <Fair>. it. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, it has nothing against the author because I do think that she writes very well. Yeah. I just didn't like the premise of this book, per mm -hmm. se. But I just wonder if it was because it's like, part of a series and like trying to match the vibes of the rest of the series because we haven't read right and this any is like the, the other last ones. one yeah so that's very possible so i don't want to i'm not faulting the author for no. it and then also it's not a bad book as far as the writing the writing it's just content no thank you yeah yeah so overall love or hate i'm gonna go hate yeah same same I was happy to finish this book. Same. I There was a period of time that I didn't think I was going to finish it. <laughs> I'm aware. And I'm sorry. And, um, I will be choosing the books. <laughs> yeah, I'm not allowed to choose for a while. I um, Well, this was a recommendation. And I mean, I do enjoy getting all types of recommendations. Yeah. Like, I'll take a recommendation. Um, but sometimes you just don't like them. No, but I think I advocated for this pick out of the two that we were given from. Yeah. Um, and so, therefore, I'm not allowed to make suggestions. Therefore, for Alex it. is at fault. <laughs> and we are taking the reins back. <laughs> <laughs> Though I think you're going to trust me again since I have, like, kind of gone back into the more. Um, the light. <laughs> the light of, of, of reading. Yes. Um. So when I fall into dark holes, don't take my wrecks. Okay, that's a good note moving forward that I will definitely hold. <laughs> You'll have to look at my Goodreads. What have you been reading lately? Yeah, I'll be like, okay, Alex recommended a book, but let's see what she's been reading. <laughs> what kind of hole has she fallen into? into? 
Well, that's another episode of Emotions and Potions. A love slash hate letter to. And this was a hate letter to Descent. By Sam Mariano. But again, our hate letters are never letters to the authors themselves. No, no, no. no. It's all love. It's still all love. But make sure that you follow, like, subscribe, everything that involves social media. That's positive. That's positive. Emotions and Potions Pod. You can find us on all types of platforms. Yeah. But all right. Until next time. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 